Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Grant and I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, George. Hello. And Liam. Hello everybody. And each episode, as you know, one of our hosts or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless. And we discuss why they love it, how they discovered it and why they think it's flawless. <laughs> as always, we have a Patreon <laughs> and... Uh, you can back us from as little as a dollar a month. I reckon there's, you'd struggle to find better value for money. Um, there's also content bonuses at $5 and $10 a month. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash flawless AMP. Now, today I am incredibly excited because it's my turn. And I feel that in the year and a half, it feels like a year and a half, we've been doing this. We, as the three core hosts of this amazing show, have maybe skirted around the bush a little bit, um, the proverbial mulberry bush, and, and not really brought the big guns for the truly, <laughs> truly flawless albums. Are you taking us to a gun show? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just preparing us all, and in particular these, these listeners, right? Sure. For, for where we're going with this, because... I'd, I'd like to think that with tonight's proposal, I'm taking it up a level. Okay. Um, as was, somebody that's had a couple of flawless under a belt, yeah. I'd like to see you try. I, I didn't realise I wasn't at the top level already. Sure. Maybe it's all internal and it's all in my head. <laughs> it's all been in between my ears. The world exists between your ears. Anyway, for mine, I have experienced the bitter taste of regret in proposing other albums in the past which have not made it for those of you that have listened to all of them and i'm going to cut straight to the chase now this album is 31 years old mm -hmm. all right the band members are not not 31 years old and it's sold seven times platinum seven million albums in america it is called New Jersey, and is the fourth album by Bon Jovi. Band members include, obviously, John, Richie Sambora, Tico Torres, David Bryan on the keyboards, and Alec John Such, who was on the bass. Ladies and gentlemen, today I propose, and please can I get it across <laughs> the line, Bon Jovi, New Jersey. Thank you. Oh my goodness, that was in passion and it beautiful. Was. I loved it so much. I, now I see what the next level looks like. Yeah, right? I, I feel I, like we I should I didn't realise I was underselling my album so badly. Yeah, I feel like you should maybe try and promote Bon Bon Jovi a little. Bon Bon Jovi? <laughs> I should be a promoter, a promoter for JBJ. Yeah, because I'm not sure if they are well known enough. Yeah. And you could possibly help with no. your impassioned Ticket speeches. Sales. And, the, and the African accent. 
that too that definitely helps yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a real unifier sure so, yeah. <laughs> wasn't ever divisive in the <laughs> never never so uh, how on earth did you hear this album well it's so abstract and unusual I've never <laughs> I've like coming across it like how, how did you hear this sure Grant well I'd have to say it was must have been December January 19. 19- 88 into 1989 mm-hmm. in the days of the tape deck and where um, you would record your music frantically when it came on the radio and you could record it on a cassette tape for those young people who don't even know what that is. It was archaic. You don't really need to know anymore. However, it was recorded, I think, must have been, by my mom. And I remember listening to it going down to a place called Nahoon Beach in East London, South Africa. Um, specifically, the song was Bad Medicine, mm-hmm. which was probably the one that's gotten the most um, or significant airplay. And I thought, wow, those are cool lyrics and this guy rocks. So that was my first exposure. So I would have been 10 turning 11 around about that age when I first right. heard my first Don't bit of carbon date yourself. Come on, the listeners have I no idea. I never listened to the lyrics when I was 10. I wouldn't have known what lyrics were. <laughs> Uh, I was singing Billy Joel at three. It's fine. (laughs) There you go. So you guys, I'm presuming, have heard of um, Bon Jovi before. Yes. And it wasn't a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a surprise. I'm glad you're saying it wasn't disappointing. Excellent choice of words there. Thank you, then. So (laughs) first thoughts around listening to... I want to tell you how I first heard. You didn't ask me how I first heard. I asked you. So I first heard this... In approximately 1998, which would have been 10 years later, the album, Mm -hmm. consciously, because I was a very underage person, very into over 18 boys who liked the rock music, Uh, in particular, hair rock, hardcore rock, punk rock. Cock rock. Glam rock. Glam rock, etc. And so when I was being indoctrinated into the um, scene of boys who were older than me but thought I was their age, but let's brush over that, they were like, oh, have you heard this album? And I'm like, I'd heard some of the songs but didn't realise on the radio. Uh, and then that was the first time I'd heard the entire album was around 1998 to 99, which is approximately 10 years after you did. There you go. And did you, um, was that just on the base? Were they touring at the time, the UK? Or I've they, got no idea. I was. So li- you didn't attend? I was like 14. So, uh, sure. Yeah. So uh, I was just listening. I was told to, I was listen to certain albums. And this was one of the albums that mm-hmm. was illegally cassette taped for me. That's disappointing to hear. But the, I'm glad you listened to it. That it was illegally. Didn't obtained. your mum illegally tape it? No, you could tape track, single track, not the whole album, oh, okay. just a single track. Oh, yeah, now I got the whole album. It's all good. So, yeah, that's when I heard it. How about you, Liam? Uh, the first time I heard this album was about three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever listened to a Bon Jovi album all the way through. Wow. So, I just never, never interested me. I came into music right around the time that grunge was kicking off, and grunge was a reaction to hair metal. Like, we don't, sure. want, we don't want the big, flashy fireworks on stage, big hair, big show big jackets and whatever it's just gonna be fucking three three to four chords we're gonna wear grunt we're gonna wear flannel we're just gonna stand you know hair over our faces whatever 
So that's so I'd never gone back in. And I was like, grunge, yeah, grunge is reacting to something. And that was that, <laughs> that was as far as I got into actually it's listening reacting to hair metal to something and, I don't know. and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm happy about something. I don't know, but it sounds good. And, yeah. Heavy, yeah. and I'm a teenager with angst. Damn you. So your mum taped you just or had played. She would, have had a mixed, had, she would have had a mixed yep. tape. And you went off and went, that was great. And, I and was you like, went off and tracked the album down. Well, now we're going to get interesting because uh, the, I haven't necessarily made a full declaration of when I listened to the whole album. It would have been a year or two later, so 91 going into 92. I talk in summers in the Southern Hemisphere, <laughs> summers. So, so um, where I was actually, in, a, in fact, full declaration 91 to 92, I was going into high school, into boarding school, and a friend brought the cassette to our holiday home and we listened to it end to end and I'd never heard of such music, in st starting with, of course, Lay Your Hands On Me, which is just a great opening track. It is. For a young man who was coming into their own, in inverted commas, and girls were starting to arrive on the scene and it was just, <laughs> wow, Lay Your Hands On Me, what an awesome way to avoid saying that yourself <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna play you a song yes <laughs> just like stare straight at her and just like yeah. Yeah. Point, pointing <laughs> at the radio are you, you listening? listening are you can you see there's listen. a subtext here sure do which you is know? more subtext than there ever is in any of these songs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know if it's sub so much no but yeah, sure. not, not a lot of subtlety going on in any no of this stuff. no do you know one of my favorite things about this song please the dolly parton cover did yes. you know such a thing existed? No, I didn't. Dolly Parton heard this song and thought that it was so good it could be a gospel song and asked if she could rewrite it with the band Never. as a gospel song and has recorded it uh, years later. <laughs> Dolly Parton has recorded this as a gospel song. Some of the lyrics obviously changed. Sure. So, yeah. I she, was not aware of that. That's yeah. sensational. There you go. Wow. I'm this just, is why we are all richer for the flawless podcast. For the flawless yeah. experience. There we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what would the Patreons get if they sign up for the additional content? I know. They'd get a no. shit ton of awesome. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. It is a very good opening track. It's long. It's like an epic. It's a slow start. It's got a slow burn that builds into something. And then it really gets like it's, I guess it shows off all the band members' best talents in one neat little package. And then it has a sort of, it has the, the churchy... Like the gospel-y gospel sound. gospel choir sort of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. David all... Bryan on, on the keyboards. Yeah. It's <sighs> like it's, yeah. And very nice, a nice little package. Like if you're going to play something Cookie for someone cutter. to sort of go, here's what Bon Jovi are doing. There's a few of their songs you could do, but that would definitely be one of them. Sure. I called it Cheeky. Cheeky? It's a cheeky song. Yeah. There we go. Don't you think? I'll take Cheeky. Like as an entry, as, a, as an opening song after Slippery and Wet. You know, mm. and they're, they, you know, they're reeling off of that. Yeah. Like, that was huge. Yes. They're going, this is a cheeky little number mm. to open our next record. Mm. Um, we're not holding back. And as you say, all, all the band members are going, look what we can do. Yeah. Biddly, biddly, biddly. And it was quite quite close from Slippery when we went into New Jersey. They were, they were mm. conscious that they've had this massive hit. Now what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, so, obviously, I think there is the pressure for, you know, now you've got massive international fame and we've all, um, I think, if we're honest, have sung Living on a Prayer drunk somewhere. What do you mean lives. drunk, sober, no. in the kitchen, and, cleaning? Sure, exactly, <laughs> you know. And um, so, so there, was, there was some pressure to, to deliver and I think that um, having on my previous proposals of Flawless albums, I may have erred um, 
potentially on the album, not on the artist. And so I had to, this was a really, really challenging um, decision for me because mm -hmm. I didn't know which album of a but, handful to pick. Yeah, right. I was sure. I was confused. Oh, because I was confusion. like, yeah, I was like, surely you choose Slippery. That's wow. like the one everyone, that's got, you know, as you it's say. It's got a number. It's got, that's got the, the karaoke song of millennia. All um, time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then you chose the, I'd say, slightly more mature version of that album. Sure. Just of that more mature. era, yeah. Yeah, of that era. Yeah. Because I read up that he was, after Slippery Went Wet, and they had the big, they'd had the big hit single, is he wrote a suite of songs while they're on the road doing the touring for that. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to go now. And he looked at them, but he didn't have anything that he thought was a good follow-up, like that was going to get to that level of living on a prayer. Like he wanted that big hooky single that everybody was going to sing and everyone was going to put their hands together for. So he threw them all out and started again. Oh, wow. Just, just went, no, I haven't got it. I didn't, I didn't nail it. Let's, I'm going to keep going until I nail it. That's so. pretty awesome. Mm. Then he came out with Bad Medicine. Yes. And, and that, that was uh, pretty epic. Yes. Well, I think so. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which is the second track. Grant, it's been and a frustrating couple of weeks for me because <laughs> I cannot get that song out of my head. <laughs> so good. Yes. Thank you, John and Richie and the boys. I know, I know the song and like I've heard it before on the radio, but that's that's the only times I've ever would have heard it before. And then, yeah, since listening to it and um, just a bit of inside baseball, I'm also nominating an album later on tonight. So I would really like to have had that song, those songs stuck in my head the last two weeks, but I can't. Every time I'm singing <laughs> one of those songs, it just slides into your love is like bad medicine yeah. every time. It's like, no, just stop. It doesn't go that way. Not what? only that, bad medicine is what I need. <laughs> Uh, it was their first single, guys, on mm -hmm. this album. Five singles. Mm -hmm. um, Bad Medicine, 3rd of September, 88. Followed by Born To Be My Baby in November. The following year, I'll Be There For You. Uh, Lay Your Hands On Me, which I would have thought would have been earlier, in the August of 89. And then finally, Living In Sin on um, Armistice Day mm. in oh. 89. Right. 11th of November. So, yes, five so singles... 12 tracks, it just goes... Got, got to the number one, so it debuted at number eight on the billboard and then went to number one and it was there for another four weeks after that. Yes. And it was their last album to go number one until 2007. Lost Highway, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is amazing, to be honest. Like longevity. Jeez, I mean, many, many, many people would have written off yeah. those boys. And he was writing solo albums as well. So Because yeah. I, I know Bound for Glory and the Young Gun stuff. And that's what I went looking for in their catalogue. I was like, oh, it's not in there. So I don't know. This is his it's solo his stuff. Like, yeah. But it's the same. It sounds the same. Like yeah. his solo stuff is just his band stuff. Just I guess with different sets of musicians. Yeah. It, well, uh, I like the fact that I remember listening to Black, Bad Medicine and going. The intro reminded me of the Who, with that kind of staccato-y sound. And uh, then it goes, "Hey, but don't forget, we're classic cock rock." Done. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. yeah. Straight down the middle. Yep. We're not pissing around. This is what we're doing. Uh, so yeah, it was a club classic yes as i was growing up going to rock clubs it was always on mm. there were three four bon jovi all the time this is one of them 
every time. Isn't life wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you wish you had my childhood. Oh, man. <laughs> Goodness me. But And this was, what was really good is I didn't realise that this came out before Alice Cooper's Poison mm-hmm. because it has a really similar kind of yeah. like message about like, you know, women being dangerous for you, etc. Yeah. <laughs> um, which we are. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, is, is Bad Medicine ripping you know yeah. Alice Cooper but it's not it's the other way around because Alice Cooper came out in 89 with Poison and it's talking about your love being poison and yeah. this is your love is bad medicine you know it's going along the pharmaceutical range yeah. um, but, <laughs> you know it's just it's the late 80s pharmacy so there was lots of self pharmacy is it, is it qualities was that the, all the rage uh, yeah, so it, I don't there know are, there are questions around your love is like bad medicine bad medicine is what I need no it's not John you don't need bad you don't need bad medicine <laughs> Bad medicine. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's had the realization, like you're really bad for me, but I'll keep taking it. Mm. Which you do when it's a romantic thing, but not when it's bad medicine. Like if you take some medicine, you go, ah, oh, that made me sicker. You don't go, you're going, oh, but I love it so much, I'm, I'm going to keep, more. gonna keep taking it. I so, don't know because I drink a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's not medicine though. Is it? Well, medicine's <laughs> awesome. Who's drinking wine right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Awesome. And also, it's almost like a live song as well. Like at the end, the, the song nearly fades out, and he's got no. He's like. No, I've got one more left in me. Wait a minute. Bring it back. Wait do, a minute. Let's do it one last time. Yeah. And then kicks it off. So, yeah, it feels, obviously it wouldn't be improvised, but it feels live and improvised and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm not done. One more time. I did read in one of the one of the um, reviews, which I found um, a little bit disappointing and yet maybe a bit um, accurate. Something the quote was in very commas: "It's commercialism disguised as rebellion." <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of in this album. There's a lot of stuff that's like we're the bad boys. You know, we're 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 you know your dads won't like us. We're bad Cock boys. Sure. Yeah, exactly. But it's not really. They're not ever really bad. So it reminded me of the Billy Joel album where where they talked. He talked about how he's a bad boy. But then never actually does anything bad. It's sort of this oh, is, he did. He just didn't sing about it. Yeah, it's of the, the character in that song. But yeah, in the yeah, album. Of yeah. So in this album, everyone, they're like, "Oh, we're the bad boys of rock and roll." It's like, yeah, but I don't know whether it's just like modern stars. Like this is very safe bad boy rock and roll. It's mm. very much it's housewife. Yeah. yeah, sure, totally. It's just like that's what they listen to when they're alone at home. You know. Yeah. This is what they're listening to. And then he basically turned that into his acting career. Like that's that's what most of the roles that he played while he was an actor is like he's he was the bad boy, came in, swooped housewives off their feet, sort of thing. So <laughs> he's the in the equivalent of the pizza delivery yeah. boy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the milkman always what postman man always rings twice. Or, yeah, yeah, there or whatever. you go. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so uh, born to be my baby, the synth is strong in this one. Yes, mm. there is so much synth. There's... I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just yeah. <laughs> I'm just exclaiming. Um, and it's cute. It's a love song. Yeah. And, cool. he, and, and with the words...
<laughs> Thank you. This like, is, I feel like it's an anthem. It just goes, builds from lay your hands on me, which is a slow one, into your commercial number two, let's go. We're going to hit it with, with bad medicine. And then it just goes, born to be my baby. And I'm like, geez, you got two singles out of there, out of the first yeah. three songs. We are, we're cooking. Yeah. We're cooking here, guys. See, this, there's other lyrics on there that I really love too, yes. which is, my heart beats like a drum, flesh to flesh, one to one. And I'll never let go because there's something I know deep inside because you were born to be my baby. Yes. How good is that? Yeah. I mean, it's iconic. It is. And also Grant just like collapsed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as how I was, you loved it. Yeah, about that lyric, I, yeah. I did, just for the people and whilst we're listening, I did quote a friend of mine and I... Um, we watched our first Bon Jovi concert together in about 2000, end of 2010 here in Brisbane. And I was the master of ceremonies at his wedding. And I did quote lyrics, <laughs> these <laughs> lyrics from Bon Jovi, from Born to Be My Baby, yeah. in, um, as part of my show that I had to put on as, as MC. So thank you, John and, and the team, because they really, they Don't, resonated. They're lost for royalties. And, <laughs> and there we go. That's beautiful. So, so, and it was much appreciated, as you can appreciate, as you, as I'm sure you were. Yeah. Born to be my baby is like a less fatalistic Bruce Springsteen song. So he starts out as like we're two working class people. Um, so what what is it? Uh, we both got jobs because there's bills to pay. We got something they can't take away. So it's sort of like a we're, we're two working class. You know, we've got to work hard. You know, but it, in Bruce Springsteen, it would be. And that's why I'm off to commit crime. <laughs> whereas, here, yes. whereas here, he's like... Atlantic but City. You, but, you, but yeah, but you make it worth it. John Bon Jovi's like, we're, we're lower, lower class, we're working class, we've got to work hard, we're going to be working hard our entire lives, but that's okay because I've got you. So it's like, ah, oh, it's like a nice Bruce Springsteen song. That's true. And, and it's all not new. any different to living it's on a prayer, is it? All <laughs> fucking thing. New Jersey. You two yeah. obsessed with New Jersey. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, yeah, and also I believe, bon, did Bon Jovi ever have a job before he was... Bon Jovi because I know Not Springsteen really. didn't Not yeah really. so both of them are singing about this whole working class experience which is probably just traveling musician who hasn't quite made it yet because was but he was he born in New Jersey I know his father's a hairdresser that makes so much yeah sense. it does doesn't it <laughs> because the the album itself was recorded in Vancouver ah that's a bit mm. far so they are oh, they were formed in New Jersey Let's there go you go bon Jovi. so they're going back to their roots with New Jersey is the record title yeah. Everyone goes to. New- I oh, feel yeah, like I should go to go. New Jersey. Everyone. No, else he was, Yeah, he was born in Perth, Amboy, New Jersey, the son of two former Marines, Barber and a Playboy bunny turned florist. There so, you go. That's wow. Cool. So a hairdresser <laughs> and a Playboy bunny. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. he was destined to be John Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah. That hair was. That hair was locked that, in. Yeah, that hair, that <laughs> style. Yeah. Jeez, I you love it. Lose. No, I'm loving it. And we I'm moved on it. to living in sin. Yep. Yes. Sounds which... like Father Figure by George Michael. <laughs> Had to say it. I'm so sorry. Okay. No, no, that's Don't fine. Do you think? Which came out a year before. Wow. Boom. And uh, it starts off super soft. Yeah. We've yeah. had three big power rock straight into a bam, bam, bam numbers. Mm-hmm. And, and now we're going to have a soft one. Dial it back a bit. But not really. It only lasts for a little yeah. while and he's just straight yeah. back into it again. Oh, they yeah. really only have one. There's a few tracks where it does this where it's like, mm. this is going to be on that sounds different. No, it's not. Here we go. No, here we go. Same. <laughs> yeah. I same. started writing solo every time. Richie did a solo and then I stopped yeah. writing solo because yeah. there was no point anymore. <laughs> it was just like, if there isn't one, I'll write not a solo. Yeah. 
Also, but, also, if there isn't one, where's Richie? He must, he must, he, yeah, here, he must he be lost. Because if he was here, he would be soloing. And so. I've actually written in here, Richie Sambora in his prom. Yeah. yeah he yeah. is Another fucking thing. phenomenal on yeah. this record. Like, there we go. Like, I play guitar poorly, and I li- but I love to listen to really good musicians. And I've been around good musicians and stuff, but he is just, like, I know his... So I would say that Richie's guitar is just as much of an important aspect as Bon Jovi's vocals. Sure. I'd, even more so, maybe. I reckon it's, yeah, it would be just as, yeah. They're not the same. It's not They're the not same. They're not the same. No, no, yeah, yeah. But, but in terms of contributing to the yeah. sound. But yeah, like yeah. it just makes that sound. It makes who they are, who they are. Mm. Like, you know how sometimes you listen to a band and you go, that's a band because of the singer. Yeah. But with these guys, you're like, you need both of them for it to work. So that's really cool. So yeah, I love that one, Living in Sin. Moved on to Blood on Blood, which is really, I mean, for for teenagers and, you know, cutting your thumbs and coming into adulthood, it was just an Blood anthem. Brothers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was, come on, guys. How could you not be inspired by these lyrics of these guys and, you know, want to literally do all that stuff before you were really concerned that you could get diseases from each other? Mm. I love, yeah. I love the fact it was the non-female oriented one for a change. Um, so it was about being like a like dude love. Like mm, bro absolute love. Absolute bro love, for yeah. sure. As simple as that. Apart from, wasn't this the one where he loses his yeah, virginity there, there to is a, a sex female, worker? There yeah. is a female character the female in character song. Is, yeah. So they go... They each threw in a 10. You don't need a cheap motel to become a man. Also, you, you all had t- also you all had ten. You could have just gone separately, if my understanding of them. You know, you know the price parity there at the time. Yeah. yeah. Also, that's super cheap motel. Three three sex acts in a motel room for thirty bucks. That's pretty good. I don't know. With the eighties, it's different. Type. White trash. Different. White type. trash. Girl. I like. She might not have been a sex worker. Was she, she yeah, might. Was have... she even a sex worker? No. Just... Yeah, maybe she not just open-minded and enthusiastic. Maybe she just wanted a big pizza King, and she King. would have done them anyway. <laughs> King for sure. Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's a few guys in my life, but that's fine. Yeah. So, do you have either of you? Do you have any kind of relationship, like the kind of relationship he talks about in this song, where it's like maybe you've floated away and disconnected, but if they called, you'd be you'd drop everything and go. Solid, yes. Yeah, yeah for sure, definitely. I've got people that I can not speak. To. I live in. I moved to Australia yeah. for Christ's sake. So, mm-hmm. I've got people that I can contact, thankfully because of time zones, in the middle of the night, and just say. I am not doing well. I need you. Yeah. And I've got a phone call there and then. And I, I also likewise have the opposite where I've got a friend of mine who actually got me into a shit ton of this music. Um, he was my best mate for years and years called Andy. And even though we're, I've known him for 20 years, he will call me at his equivalent of 4am on his way back from a club <laughs> having DJed rock nights and stuff playing Bon Jovi and shit like mm. that and he will call me and he will and I will always answer there's mm. no if he said that he was in trouble tomorrow I'm on a plane yeah we had a couple of mates like that and, and it's um, 
it makes it an anthem, or certainly, and I think it's interesting because a song like this, I find uh, Ed Sheeran has done one like this similarly. Uh, is it Castle Don't on the Hill? Don't talk about that ginger bastard. Uh, no, no, be careful. Beware the, beware the gingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it seems there's like there's only a certain amount of us you can have in your life at any one time. I think there's an Ed Sheeran album on our shortlist from anybody. No, <laughs> not yet. But I mean, that could change. Um, but I, I think that. the theme about that friendship through time and space mm. and and distance is. Um, it, it comes through every now and again. Yeah. And I think this was certainly yeah. mine from, from when I was young and remains um, a, a sort of calling uh, calling card for um, if a mate, wherever they are, is in trouble, I would go. Yeah. It's kind um, of a real humbling song, isn't it? Like, I'm wherever I am. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the drums. Oh, the drums are so good. But it's just like, wherever I am, this whoever Danny is, where if he's a hairdresser back in Jersey, if he calls me, I'll answer. Yeah. Like, even though I'm Bon Jovi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm everywhere. Yes. And, it, and, and he sings when he says, and me, I'm just a singer in a long-haired rock and roll band. I'm like, I get goosebumps now because all the, like, this guy's a medicine man and... Could have just said doctor. You know, that, exactly. That, 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 I, I bumped on that. It's like... Just call him a doctor. John, that's fine. He's a medicine man. He's not. He's not a like a Indian, an Indian tribal, tribal member, American, Shaman. American, I'm sorry, yeah. American Indian tribal member. He's just a doctor. You well, can call him a doctor. It's okay. okay. Yeah, but it didn't fit with the lyrics. <laughs> no, it didn't. Poetic license. Yeah. And so, uh, as you said, we can talk about this for hours. We move on to Homebound Train, and again, opening with nice Richie riff, and mm-hmm. this one was super fast. You can hear this train. Yeah. Again, this is one of my favorites just because it was so fast all the way through. Like, mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's good for them to show off and do the, all the riffs and stuff. But if you can show me that you can do it at higher speed as well, yeah. I think that's where there's a bit more of an edge to it. And this one had a keyboard solo, which mm. was which kept up with that epicness, yeah. which I thought was pretty awesome. Like, Look, I, I remark on certain instruments when I find, yeah. when I hear them. When it's not just a guitar, I'm like, ah, you, you're utilizing that and it's making... And you're not just utilizing it for the sake of it with the whole train kind of vibe and everything that's mm. going on. It added to the song, for sure. Excellent. The only concern I had with it was um, he talks about how the devil took him away when he was a young boy, but now he's coming home to his baby. Who's the baby? Who, who, which woman has been sitting around since he... <laughs> like, I'm feeling it as like a... He left oh, home when he was 14, okay. 15, 16. He left his hometown. Now he's maybe late 20s. I'm coming home to my baby. Might, the baby? Might be a car. <laughs> yeah, it might be. That's yeah. true. That's could like, be. In fact, a lot of dudes I know call their cars their baby. It, so yeah. it, would, it could be a baby. It felt like My brother's like that. If I don't have anything else to say, I'm going to say baby. You that, should that call your his, car. Next time I see your car, I'm going to go, hey, baby. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It moves into wild is the wind. Which yes. I thought was going to be a Nina Simone cover. And it oh. was not. <laughs> I was like, "What is the wind? I know this. Mm. Nope. No, I do not. No, 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 that one. no. but it's got, it's the... got Spanish guitar. I oh, know. At, at the start, it does. Yeah. This, this is their thing. Is like. Tried so hard to be 
Someone was going to sound different. Nah, like it, at the start, it's still it the flamenco, and then it's, Richie's like, "No, nah, fuck this!" It's some, <laughs> it's some kind of pedal, it's and pedal an explosion, and, and suddenly he's got four guitars around his neck, and he's just wailing on all four of them at once. I'm taking. I feel like you didn't receive that one as well as you could have. <laughs> no, I, liked, I liked it. I liked it. It just you yeah. want more. I wanted. I yeah. If you're going to have a flamenco uh, guitar intro, you you should have you a need flamenco guitar song. Not okay. Look at us doing something different. No, we're not. Sure. Well, I mean, one of the other comments here, and, and I'm not saying that it's not flawless at all, but the other, the other comment that I wrote down, which I think was quite disparaging, was it's so purely commercial that it's practically beyond criticism. <laughs> oh, someone well, else wrote that. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure that holds up. Uh, I'm not sure about that, yeah. no. But because, like, it, it's a ballad, and it's got the chorus and verse sound like they're from different songs, mm. but for somehow that they gel together. Like oh, they talking about the whole album, so that wasn't just for a while. This went on oh, time. okay, fair enough. Yeah, like it just sounds like, um, yeah, and this was not really, a, to me, it didn't sound like another love song. It was a yeah. completely different song again, which is yeah. really nice. So mm. It wasn't just hitting the housewives again. Yeah. It was going back to humble, wild as the wind, epicness, yes. which I into, like. Into a little funny little ride, cowboy ride number. Like on a right, like yeah, an right. iPhone recording. Yeah, like <laughs> a strange recording. And How do they do it? Half a length. It's half a yeah. length of a song, and yes. they credit it as written by Captain Kidd and the King of Swing, which is just John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora. I don't, I don't understand why this song is where it is. Like it just feels like it's a prelude to Stick to Your Guns. Yeah. Mm. So it's like Ride Cowboy Ride is like this sweet and humble warm kind up. of warm up yeah. before you go into the beat. And like, I feel like it, they would have put it as a smaller intro to stick to your guns, but they actually had it as this Ill, little interlude of going, oh, this is what we're doing. This is yeah. what we're playing at. Yeah, we, we were going to, yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like they recorded it just like on a little somebody's like eight track mm. and put it through um, various shitty effects yeah. and with intent with yeah but like deliberately yeah. like uh, before going into stick to your guns which is totally the prelude for that which is a cowboy song mm. yeah you back to well you go home on train it's almost you know there's a lot of i suppose cowboy themes wild as the wind then ride cowboy ride into stick to your guns mm-hmm. which is going another epic how that couldn't have been a single, I don't know. But and this had the flamenco and they stuck with it all the way through. They didn't just bury it after the intro, which was really... Like, that's what I wanted from the first time I heard the flamenco. It was like... Sure. This was <laughs> they were just they... teasing you before. Yeah. They are like, hey, Liam. Yeah, yeah. You like, yeah. You like well, my Spanish guitar? <laughs> Listen, keep listening and you'll get some more. Yeah. You so know? John Bon Jovi, who's definitely always seen himself as a cowboy, regardless of where he was in life. Correct. Regardless of doing. being from New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. fair enough. But and yeah. this had some cute lyrics in it, though. Well, you know that I've been through it. 
with France. <laughs> Whoa, at the end. Um, I feel like you've heard this one before. Yeah, yeah but just a couple of times. But it's a ballad. It's a lovely big ballad. Well, is, was it Stick to Your Guns? Ain't nobody gonna hurt you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Into I'll Be There For You, another, um, their third single, which is, yeah, it's just dovetails. Mm-hmm. Straight in mm. from stick to your guns into I'll be there for you. There is this, you know, it, again, it's, it is a theme and it's a theme from from Slippery and it's the, the working class couple. And rather than Bruce, again, going into yeah. the dark side and <laughs> dating and legal stuff, we're just going to fight this one out. We're, gonna, we're, we're together and, and, and yeah. I'll be there for you. These five words, I swear to you, come on. Yeah. Oh, when you breathe, that was pretty great. So cute. I want to be yeah. there for you. These are classic, classic songs. And you could picture um, some very inebriated people or t- totally sober, slow dancing to this classic. I yeah. put this down as a lighters in the air song. Yep. Like if you were li- watching them live, you're there lighters with your lighter yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're swaying from side to side. There you go. You're just like, yeah. <laughs> Because I don't I'll remember if Sambora does a solo in this, but if it is, it's like a slower pencil, like it's the it's, pensive solo, not the yeah, flashy assault, not the. And there's look a what scream, like the sound of a sort of almost scream before going into a key change. Yeah. And woes. Yeah. There's woes in yeah. it, like you know. What a combo! Which is it's gorgeous. got everything. If, if it had a hand clap, yeah. I'd be all over it. Like, <laughs> and for for listeners who might have missed some episodes, there was certainly an angle with. The organ or the the piano pieces in in this for me for pitching it because she's had a tendency to appreciate that sort of variety in the past. I'm not sure it's going to work tonight, but mm-hmm. that was part of the whole angle. I'm a nice. sucker for a piano. Yeah, <laughs> unapologetically. I've got one in my apartment. There we go. Mm-mm. Into um, a bit of fun stuff in wrapping the albums up. 99 in the shade in love for sale, which happy stuff. I know, and talks about Tommy and Gina. How could you not? How could you not? It recalls back to the epic track. From Slippery Women. From Slippery Women. Yeah. yeah. So you had to, it was just it's so beautiful. I, it was just a really nice callback before going like to Living on a Prayer. So it's again, Driving with the Bros song, mm. full on cock rock, party tune. Just rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Oh, really? Because he says... Now I have concerns about a love album, all these love songs before saying, you're the one, you're my baby, you're the one, I love you forever, you're the one. And then a song at the end goes, and I tell every girl she's the one. But maybe he means that in a lyrical content way. I don't, I don't think he does. <laughs> I think, I'm loving the analysis that you I put think into he means this. It, I yeah, think yeah. he means it in a, in this song, I'm a party boy, and that's what I'm going to do to tell, you know, and not, it's not in a massively skeezy way, like, mm-hmm. but it's still... It's the things that I did earlier in the album, I'm now saying are my tricks that I use to get women to like me. And See, it- I heard it as he was being a character saying, I tell the, all the girls that I'm yeah. the one. I heard it no, as... she's the one. That she's the one. Yeah, yeah. sorry. So, you're all, the, so all the, the way through, you're the one for me, you're my baby. And then oh. he was like, I tell every girl she's the one. Or I'm going to tell every girl she's the one. Oh, I did, kind of read it, it as differently, but no, I see where you're coming from. 
it didn't ruin it totally. I just bumped on it. It was like, you, 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 you can either be the emotional heartfelt dude because even in the Blood on Blood, he was still the emotional, connected to his feelings dude. Mm-hmm. Or you can be the rough party boy that just wants to sleep with women and do whatever. Sure. But yeah, it's kind of like he can kind of do both. He can yeah, kind of do both. He can pull them both off. Yeah. Well, again, off nominated sports. I was just thinking, some... if, if, if I was yeah. a lady in one of the earlier songs and then I heard that song, I'd be like, did he tell me I was the one? Yes, he did. Yeah. No, no that's, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. fair but enough. then we've got, and it's got this really sweet fade out of this song, which I thought was the re- end of the record when I was listening to it properly. And then we finish on Love for Sale. Mm-hmm. Which yep. completely threw me. Oh, no. I was like, what do you think you're doing playing, yeah. <laughs> playing bluegrass? What do you, what, what's just happened? And yeah. it just sounded like they were having a lovely time. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were. I think they, they were. were. And it was like, we've already made the record. Fuck it. Let's, have, let's just play what we want to play. Sing. We've got the harmonica. We've got doorstep yeah. jamming. We've got awesome bass runs. And we've got this solo and we're just kicking around and, and hand claps and hand <laughs> who doesn't like a hand clap? i fucking love a hand clap <laughs> oh man get me with a hand clap or a tap dancing percussionist yeah. and i'm all over it um yeah and i thought i was gonna totally hate it because i was like what do you think you're doing yeah. like, what are you doing yeah what are you doing but then sure. i listened to it and then i couldn't get it out of my head <laughs> and then i listened to that one song on repeat a kajillion times because I was like, I really love this genre. Yeah. And they're a cock rock band playing this genre and just having conversations with each other like they're just mates. And it made me feel like they are welcoming me into their recording the studio. inner circle. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was like the inner circle. They were like, mm. hey, do you want to come and hang out in the recording this studio? We're just jamming. Yeah. We're just yeah. jamming around and dicking around. I don't want to go stuff. home. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't want to go home. Um, yeah, okay. How did you feel about this? I, I loved I loved the end of it. I think it, it I probably haven't um, put as put as eloquently, but it does feel like this is the inner circle. This is how we might probably make music all the time. And we're on the back end of it, of of Slippery when we're a couple of world tours or whatever. We've got this one in the bag, and um, it's quite different to to end it off. And mm-hmm. it sounds a little bit less commercial, less structured. We're musicians, and this is having a go. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I I loved it. So I thought it was a great way to end it off. And I think I'm guessing from, Liam doesn't. Yeah. Well, let's see what he says. I really love the song. But it doesn't belong on the album. <laughs> they, they, should have, they should have saved it and put it out as a B-side or something. If, okay. If this is the kind of music you want to make, then you should be making this kind of music. Why are you doing hair metal? But if you want to make hair metal and save that for something else or a side project or a B-side or whatever, do that. But I, it just it doesn't fit on the album at all. And I, I get all your the being led into the inner circle, but I got the feeling that I was being led into a thing to, of them doing what they like to do, which is like, didn't you like doing the stuff I was already listening to? Like, why didn't you just make an album that sounded like this if this is the stuff that you really liked? I just view it as closing the the loop, I suppose. Yeah. And from the album is, is a nice way. It to just sounded it. so, so different to anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like they'd almost sounded like that a few times. It was sure, just like okay. they'd never done hand claps. They hadn't done any bluegrass or acoustic, like, except well, for a bit of the Spanish. flamenco stuff. Yeah. yeah. But it was just so totally... 
They teased you with the flamenco from, stuff and you're there Yeah, it was just there. so totally different yeah. to everything they'd done before. And I didn't know if it was this is the kind of stuff we actually like doing or this is what we do when we're not writing giant cock rock songs. And I, yeah, it threw me. I thought it might throw you. Yeah. I literally, when I was listening like to a, it, like I was the literally song itself just was like, really cool. this is going to throw Liam. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is going to um, throw Liam. Like I, I thought at first I was like, I was like, oh, what on earth? What, yeah. what on earth are you doing? Um, but then I listened to it and just went, this is them saying we are really massive. Let's be honest. Mm. And we're bringing out another massive album. We know it's going to go seven times platinum, etc. Sure. Um, but why don't you just come hang out? And it felt like I was sat like in their living room or on their doorstep and just listening to their things and, and kicking around. And it was just a really sweet, it just felt like a really sweet ending to um, a beautiful, weird, complicated album. Mm. But that was my interpretation. Cause, but I absolutely loved the kind of bluegrass guitar and the harmonica. I was I just lo- like, yeah, like I love a bunch of bluegrass bands. And if that song, if there was an album full of songs like that, regardless of who put it out, I'd be like, that's yeah. a great album. But it just, yeah. Okay. It's very, very different. Well, it was initially the whole album was going to be a double album, but they reckon that it was too high a price point and okay. ah. charted, yeah, it was going to be called Sons of Beaches. <sighs> which is a line from 99 in the Shade. Mm. Smart. Um, charted number one in Oz in New Zealand, Sweden, Switzerland, UK, and US. Niche. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. So I didn't so. know anything charted in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Well, again, Wikipedia and the internet, isn't that amazing sort of stuff? Um, and again, I suppose I've, uh, in, in my final pitch to wrap this up at, uh, in, in, in due course, I'd, I'd say it, it stood the test of time for mine. I'd even go, not only is it flawless and I have spent, unfortunately, we had a week break, so I've, I've, my speech isn't necessarily as well versed as it was i believe in you but my my pitch would be i'd actually argue that this not only is this a flawless album i would say that it's actually timeless mm-hmm. and that is it is it is the next album from coming off a great album there's massive amount of pressure and expectations from from the market and very fickle it is straight down the middle and i think that apart from the reprieve or, or your your dissatisfaction with the with the last song um i think it was to reveal the different side of the guys, and I think that it is a flawless album. Um, I would have listened to it many, many, many times. I think I would have bought the cassette and certainly still have the CD somewhere and have it on my Apple iTunes. Nice. Um, <laughs> and could probably quote most of the lyrics offhand. It was great to hear <laughs> you guys have ma- made some notes about it. But it's for mine, it's flawless. It's the 1988 album by Bon Jovi called New Jersey. May I have your thoughts, please, George? Hello, it is me, <laughs> your token British woman. Um, oh. So when I saw your message saying you were nominating Bon Jovi, I was like, oh, Grant, God, what are you doing? <laughs> like, serious? Come on, we've Thank been you. through Pearl Jam. Um, but uh, I actually listened to it and I had to do the thing. So when context when i first said that context is important context is important right so this came out when i was three 
So I had to remember that it came out when I was three. I know that hurts you. I know that really hurts you. But it came out when I was three Shoot. years old. So um, I may have heard the album before that. I, like when it came out, I, do, I don't know. I have to ask my parents. Um, but yeah, it came out when I was three. So I had to think to myself, this album not only is a product of its time, but it was before a lot of the tropes that, sit within the cop like the hair rock era hmm. so i had to take it on its merit of saying it came out at that point in time and then it had the callbacks to other like music and styles we talked about flamenco and everything else and when i actually listened to the album properly like as a grown-up we use grown-up loosely sure um, um i really enjoyed it and yes. i actually thought that I can get past so many of the miniature flaws in the female objectification and what so have you. stereotypical but it was of its time it was and I love artists beyond like before that so it's of its time right um like I listened to Andy Williams and he literally watches the girls go by so um like I have to look at it in that way and so I listened to it and went this album is a very mature, beautiful Bon Jovi album, and it is a flawless from me. Yes, begrudgingly it seems. Not begrudgingly, like no. I know. Well, at first, sure. At exactly. first, I was pissed at you because um, I, I, like, I appreciate your I was honesty. like, "Don't put me through Bon Jovi." <laughs> I like I've heard all the I've heard all the hits. I don't need anything else. Sure. Uh, but actually, when I listened to the whole thing and I was writing down, going, "Oh, it's a love song. This is not a love song. This is Blood Brothers. Flamenco. This is everything." And yeah, and then when I actually listened to the instrumentation as an adult, I was like, "This album is very well thought out. It is beautifully produced, and it." I can't help but say it's flawless. I'm so happy I could weep <laughs> and now I'm going to because I'm probably going to be sad. <laughs> Liam, please. So, like I said, I haven't listened to a lot of big hair rock, hair metal from the 80s, that sort of stuff. Sure. But I do know you can roughly split it into super misogynistic, super shit. <laughs> Motley, Motley Crue. I don't know if anyone's going to nominate a Motley Crue album, but I went and saw Motley Crue once and it was one of the most disgusting live experiences I've of my heard life. I've heard that terribly. Yeah? Same. So, Split them on that side, and then you've got the safer side, which is Bon Jovi, which is definitely which is definitely this. So I'm never going to nominate anything, never going to accept anything from the bad side of being flawless. On the good side, I don't know what a flawless hair metal album sounds like because I don't know enough about it. Like this is part of what we're doing with the podcast is we're learning about new things and putting sure. ourselves out there. But this isn't it for me. Oh, <laughs> man. Because it's the two, it's the um, Love for Sale and the um, Ride Cowboy Ride. So I feel like a perfect hair metal album would be just 10 awesome big chunky guitar tracks, beautiful epic opening, big hooky singles all the way through, beautiful epic closing. And it nails that first part. And then in the second part, it just lose. It doesn't. The ending is just a is just a whimper to me. Not like a like a big cock rock <laughs> album could point. have a big and like Nine Nine in the Shade is almost there. You could almost turn that into a, a real big epic closing number if you sort of stretch it out. Would you have given it if it had just love in a love? I don't sound? know. I'd be a lot. Closer. I don't think you by, would. By the but time I got, by the time I got there, I'd gone through Ride Cowboy Ride, and I was like, I don't know. And you just didn't what this song is. Why is it here? Like 
cool that you're having fun and mucking around with recorders and different instruments than you normally play for. Put that shit on the side, put it on a B-side, put it as a, like even just bonus tracks on the album. Yeah. But for them to say, this is the 12 tracks that we want to make up this album was just a cross for me. So I just, Too much. I just couldn't do it. So that, those, those two soft ones. So I, maybe if I'd heard it all the way through just as is, I could have gone, it is flawless for what it is. But even for what it is, I couldn't, I couldn't give it. <laughs> so I, I came a lot closer than I thought I would. I was in George's camp. I was like, "Oh, Bon Jovi, this isn't this isn't going to go well for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, well. not going to have fun listening wow. to this album." But I did, and like I said, I had Bad Medicine stuck in my head for a week, and um, Lay Your Hands on Me as well. Like it's it does everything that it wants to do, and it was totally of its time. But I feel even for what it is, it makes some mistakes. Two mistakes out of twelve, yeah. specifically. <laughs> no, yeah. that's okay. And this is the. Um, this is the journey that we're on and I'm, I'm, I'm very gl- grateful I've got two, two out of three ain't bad as yeah. they say. So, um, Did Bon Jovi literally say that on a song that, that you're on? That definitely is a song. I'm not sure who, yeah. who sings it, but it could have been. Um, and so there we go. Unfortunately then for this group today. I tried, dude. I appreciate it. And, and it was a bit great feedback and thank you very much for listening to the album. I still wholeheartedly believe Absolutely yeah. flawless ask you to and timeless. To I'd also and go with a timeless. I would. I have to say, it is. It is timeless to me. Um, however, we, we didn't get Liam across the line this time. This, the quest for my virgin, um, unanimous, flawless album continues. <coughs> I've got two. But who's counting? I'm so glad we moved past that point. <laughs> How many do you have, Liam? None. Oh yeah. So this is. I've, I've got all the. Bon- I've got all the ones where it was two of us. Sure. Okay. I've, I don't have those your mates. Ones, really. Yeah, I get my friends on and just um, it in. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute blast as usual. Uh, you have been listening to Flawless AMP. We have a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, on all of those um, applications or socials. So please join the conversation, share or like our posts, or give us a rating. Every little bit helps. Um, us to find music, more music lovers like you. As mentioned, we also have that Patreon page on patreon.com forward slash flawless AMP. If you'd like to back us, please check us out. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Oh, man. Let's just, let, just, let's, let's just say that the record's done, okay?